Hello, I'm Passive J, and this is The Other Ground Live. All right, we're still working things out. I can see my co-host in the lobby, uh, but we haven't managed to hook up his mic yet. So uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do right now. Uh, this is the Other Ground Live podcast. Uh, it's going to be a live show where we take call-ins and do interviews with various OGers. And he's still not in there. Uh, okay, I can see my buddy Ryan. He's like I said, he's in the lobby, so he can send me a message via the live chat, as can all of you. So anybody who wants to send me a message, feel free. Uh, I can also take uh, callers at any point. So if you're feeling frisky and you want to give me a call, uh, feel free to use the app to do that as well. Oh, there he is. I see these online. Hey, it says my call is connected. Are we good? You are good. I can hear you, sir. All right. Perfect. Yeah, that was odd. It forced me to call in. I can't actually be the official co-host. So, uh, hey, I'm already replaceable. <laughs> yeah, well, we are going to work on uh, the format on this and also look into other uh, services. This one just seems pretty easy and to do, so I figure we go with the start if nothing else. Hey, I'm lazy as shit. I'm all for it. Exactly. It worked out great. All right. Um, well, what do you guys want to talk about? That was a question for you, sir. <laughs> all right. Um, and as also for all you guys that are listening, because I can see we're all already up to like 40,000 listeners. That's an impressive start. Um, maybe a little bit less, but that's a good, a good count to start off. Hey, we'll go for it. We round up, right? Exactly. Um, anybody want to call in for something? We, uh, we haven't tried that yet. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Oh, look at those lines light up. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get somebody at some point. Uh, if nothing else, let's go ahead. And, oh, look at that. We got our first call. Oh, crap. Here we go. Hello, caller. Hey, now. What's happening, fellas? All right. Who are we talking to? This is Tabula Rasa. Well, welcome to the show. You're our first official caller. Well, check I'm just going to put it out, out there. That's, that's just way too many syllables. So I'm just going to call you Tab. Tab, how there you, you doing? Go. That, that'll work, man. Doing All well, right. doing well. We're down, down here in Houston, Texas, uh, surviving the uh, zombie apocalypse that we have going on now. That's Sorry, I didn't mean to overrun you. I was just welcoming you to the show. <laughs> Good stuff. So, yeah, I did it. Actually, I did an Ask Me Anything uh, a while back. I was the international drug kingpin that uh, turned his life around. Oh, my. So you have an interesting story already. Yes, indeed. I mean, okay, it wasn't heroin or anything. I was, uh, you know, twisted up in the dark arts of anabolic steroids back in the day. And um, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the state of Maryland kind of frowned upon those activities. And so they sent the man to come crashing down on me and drug me off to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've known lots of people that uh, have gotten to that lifestyle, not steroids, just uh, selling drugs of various kinds. And uh, it, it very rarely works out well. Yeah, and it has its ups and downs. But, uh, you know, they, I managed to turn my life around and um, pull myself together, went back to school, got a master's degree from Johns Hopkins University, you know, so um, kicking it down here in Houston now. But uh, it was a hell of an adventure, guys, I got to say. It was one of those things I always tell the story. So, you know, being from Baltimore, 
born and raised, you know, you, you kind of see some of this stuff go down in your life. And, um, you know, looking back on it, I was, uh, I had my little daughter, she was, a uh, she was an itty bitty thing at the time. And I was coming back from taking her to the park. And then I noticed this, it's this major street in Baltimore called light street and right in the middle of the city. And, uh, it was one of those things where it was just too quiet that day. And I was like, man, what's going on? You know, your spider senses start to tingle and you wonder what's going on. And so I crossed the street and uh, I opened up the door to her mother's house that, right in the vestibule. And so as soon as I kind of passed her off, I saw her mother was crying and I was like, what's going on? Then the fucking cops just came from everywhere, man. They're like, get on the ground, motherfucker. And, um, you know, it was like something out of like trading spaces. I was like, you know, this must be a miscommunication. Is there a problem, officers? And they came at me, you know, strong arm. He took me down. And, uh, you know, I was kind of broad at the time from all the lifting and everything. And so they zip tied me, double zip ties behind my back and put me in the cop car and kind of took me to my house, which they'd already been in and fucking destroyed, uh, cut up my furniture, you know, all kinds of shit, looking for drug money and stuff like that. And so, you know, I was, a, I was a, not as refined of a gentleman as I am today. And so I was kind of a real dick to the police. So they're, um, which I don't recommend. Always ask for the lawyer up front and just shut the fuck up, right? That should be the uh, the, the uh, recipe for success when interacting with the police. Yeah, anyway. you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of surprised that they uh, came down hard on you. I mean, obviously it's an illegal drug, but it's not like the sort of thing I think of when they're when the police are talking about oh, we got to get these drug dealers and such. Well, right? And no, I feel exactly Baltimore, the right? same way. That's why I was in it. I was I was a golden boy, straight arrow. I was an Air Force veteran. Bringing me, I'll get onto that in a minute. It's like um, once the prosecutors decide they want you for something, they turn everything positive you've ever done in your life into a negative, right? And so it's a it's a really fascinating story. So I'm sitting over there, and they got me in my kitchen, and they're talking to me, asking me, you know, blah blah blah, you know, what's your source and everything, et cetera, et cetera, you know. And um, you know, eventually they get pissed off at me. They're asking me like, "Where's your money? Where's your money? We know you got some money. Where's your money at?" And I was like, motherfucker, I was like, grab a shovel and start digging, right? And I was just being a smart ass, but they wrote in the police report, you know, has large amount of money, will not tell us where it's at. He said, we'll never find it, shit like that, right? So um, <laughs> they put me in the back of the, now forgive me here, I don't mean anything racist, the paddy wagon. That's what we call it in Baltimore. So uh, they put me in a paddy wagon, they take me to the, the central booking downtown. And um, I was sitting in the back and police in Baltimore are fucking kind of assholes, right? So they're giving me the rough ride treatment, like bouncing me around and shit in the back. And so I slot, you know, I'm big, but I'm flexible. I'm a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and everything, right? Used to try to train a ground control down in Baltimore. John Rollo's out there. Hey, now. But um, I, I slid the uh, my restraints down over my ass and around to the front. Well, you know, the police don't take kindly to that kind of shit. So when they opened the door up, when they got me at central booking, um, the, the cop that fucking opened the door, pulled his gun on me. He's like, what the fuck? Who, who did this? Who put him his hands up front? I was like, God damn. I was like, it's cool, man. So anyway, they put me in handcuffs and took me in. You know, I had my driver's license and I, I was able to give it to the, the lady that does the intake and she put my name down wrong. So now I got an alias, you know, all these things are kind of coming together. Right. So anyway, they take me, they put me in a holding tank eventually. And this is the first time I've ever been in real, real trouble. I've, I've been arrested a couple of times before for fighting and shit like that. But this is the first time it's been really deep shit, right? So I'm in the holding tank and me and the, the guys are sitting around, right? And they're like, <laughs> they come up to me. They're like, hey, man, are you a knocker, yo? 
And I said, sir, I don't know what a knocker is, but I'm probably not one. And so what I found out was in Baltimore, we got knockers. Knockers are the big white football player looking cops. They see the boys hanging out on the corner. Somebody they run into them, knock them down. Whoever gets knocked down, they grab them. They start asking them shit, frisk them, you know, check them, see if they got drugs and shit like that. So that's what the knocker does. But the knocker also will sit in the holding tank and like listen because people in the holding tank are fucking stupid. They just talk about shit that they're done. They brag and everything. Right. And so the knocker's taking notes. So anyway, after we've come to establish that I was not, in fact, a knocker, the, um, you know, another thing that's interesting about the holding tank is that they'll call your name and then they'll slide your charge papers under the door in, in Baltimore City Correction Detention Center. And so, you know, I'll kind of watch this go down and I'm waiting and it's hours are going by and people are like, yeah, what you in here for? I was like, man, I, done, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a misunderstanding. And so finally, they, they called my name, boom, 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 knock, knock on the door. I come up, they open the door, and they hand me a fucking stack of papers. And the guys are like, oh, my God, this motherfucker is Osama bin Laden's cousin, yo. And so, uh, you know, instantly I had notoriety. So we're, we're looking through my fucking charging papers, and it's like each individual count of each kind of steroid. They had me for, like, um, running a crack house because I was a public nuisance. Yeah, everything they throw at you to kind of trump up the charges. And um, yeah, there I sat. So I was in uh, sitting there in the BCDC, Baltimore City Detention Center, waiting trial. <laughs> you know, I, well, I want to ask you how much you got caught with, but I don't think the uh, answer would be educational to me. Like for everything else, I can say, hey, how much you got weed did you get caught with? How much heroin did you get caught with? And I, I'll, see, I'll understand the answer, the but, but right, I won't understand exactly the answer that. if you tell me. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, you know, I had, I had what would con constitute as a little bit more than private use, I guess. But because the law is not very clear on that, especially back then. Now, mind you, this was back in 2003, right? So this is back in the day. Um, and so they're, they're accustomed to, like, if you have 32 pills of this and that, you know, that constitutes a felony. Well, I had a box of uh, Anadrol, some Dianabol, uh, ampules of um, Sustanon, shit like that, you know. Um, could it be considered a lot? It, it would probably be a little bit more than what I would consider personal use, but not outside the realm of possibility. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I had to sit there and await bail review, right? So you wait, you, you go in, you do, you get your booking, you know, you get charged, you get your papers. Now you're going to sit around, you got to wait and, you know, wait for see what happens to you. Your life is in the balance there, right? And so I go to my first bail review hours and hours and hours later. And um, the, the judge, Judge Cooksey, that bitch, she said, she said, this case is international and complicated. She's like, I don't want nothing to do with it. No bail. So I had to go back. So I'm back in. Right. And then, um, you know, days go by. You get a public defender. You go back up for um, another, you know, bail review. And so then they gave me, uh, what was it, $250,000 cash bail. Like somebody has to come up with $250,000. No bond. It has to be cash. And so they, they thought I was somebody in real life. They thought that was somebody important. And they figured that somebody would want to come get me out. And um, that, that wasn't the case because I wasn't an actual drug kingpin, unlike the state of Maryland thought. So it's interesting because, you know, when I go up for this trial, the fucking prosecutor, she's like, this motherfucker has, uh, you know, he was in the Air Force Special Operations Command, right? So they're trying to make me out like I'm fucking Rambo. I fixed airplanes in the Air Force. Uh, for the Air Force Special Operations. So it was uh, very interesting how they twisted everything around. They're like, 
He's got international connections and a passport stamp to various places around the world and what we would consider hot spots. And I'm like, motherfucker, no shit. I was actually in the Air Force, so they sent me to these hot spots, right? Um, you know, it was just a fascinating experience watching it all go down. So eventually I was able to get rid of the public defender, which is lesson number two, ladies and gentlemen. First, never talk to the police. Always ask for the lawyer. Second, fuck the public defender. Get a real lawyer. And so I got a real lawyer, and he came in, and and, and shit got better from there. Uh, well, you know, I will defend the uh, I will defend the public uh, defender in a certain case. I know a couple of them. Most of them are good guys. They're just so tremendously overloaded they can't do the job that they should. Well, regardless of what the rationale is, Jay, just don't fuck with them if your life is in the balance. If you're, oh no, you're I, I don't. I do. I do not argue in the least bit. I just. I just yeah, like yeah, I said. Yeah, I know you want a, a real lawyer. You want a real yeah, lawyer. You get what yeah, you absolutely. pay for, right? That's right. You get what you pay for. So, you know, back into BCDC, I go and we had to wait for another bail review. And in meantime, you know, I'm getting along nice with the, the local indigenous population. I mean, it's cool. I grew up in the city, Baltimore City, born and raised. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, I got so many jail stories from that time. It was hilarious. There was like a dude, you know, some of these guys they come in, they're all fucked up on drugs. Right. And so there was this one white dude, like I was hanging out with the old heads. We played pinochle and spades and shit like that over in the corner. Everything's cool, right? Nobody had any problems. I was in uh, what they call Killer K. Killer K in Baltimore City Detention Center is considered those for high and no bail. Um, so, you know, these are people that usually don't have a lot to fucking prove anymore, right? But anyway you see some people kind of pass through. And so there's this one dude who knows what the hell he was in there for, but he was like a white guy. He's starting to get his strength back. And, um, he was, uh, you know, starting to get, you know, fed and everything. He was probably heroin strung out, but he was like, you know, pretty big dude. And, um, uh, th this one kid come up, he's on the phone. He's like, Hey, hey white motherfucker. He's like, I need to get on the phone. And that the dude didn't skip a beat. He's like, hold on, talked into the phone. He grabbed the phone and fucking bashed the dude, boom, right between the eyes. Grabbed him, yoked him up by his neck and drug him back into the showers and started beating the shit out of him. And the fucking, all the turnkeys, they come running in, spraying everybody with pepper spray. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, it's all right. It's all right. But I mean, this is uh, par for the course. It's what you see in this shit. And then one of the old dudes I was playing Pinochle, he stood up and he's like, he's like, let this be a lesson, young bloods. He's like, these white motherfuckers is from the same streets as you. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I was uh, six foot two, about, I was probably like 275. You know, I was roided out and fucking you know, thick as a motherfucker, but um, I didn't have any real problems, honestly. But beside that, you know, you just kind of hang low, do your thing, and keep on keeping on, right? Well, yeah, I see, I, 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 see, I, dealt, I dealt with the, uh, I dealt with the, uh, um, what we call the indigenous population on the street quite a bit, but I did the other uh -huh. method. I, I was so not worth fucking with that. I was fairly safe. I clearly had no more than $2 in my pocket. I wasn't a pretty girl. Um, right. There's really no reason yeah, for no, me no. to get mugged. I already got my jail name. They call me big unk. They're like, Oh man, big unk. <laughs> You're going to be in here for a minute. Now, the interesting thing too, is that, you know, people that are in the lockup with you from, you know, a lot of them when they, when they had me, I came in, they put me in a contraption for anybody who's done any time in the correctional facilities. It's called the box. And it's this little fucking thing that keeps your hands and feet shackled together and about waist length and your, your feet are shackled too. So anywhere you go, you kind of fucking shuffle around, right? And they said that it was because I was a threat to myself and others because I was all roided out. They thought I was going to fucking flip out and just tear somebody apart with my bare hands or something, I guess. But and I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Honestly, and which which correctional facility was this again? 
Baltimore City Detention Center. Baltimore BC, DC. Ah, actually, and this is the jail part, obviously, not the prison part. This is where they're waiting to yeah, yeah, go this to. Is, uh, this, is, this is awaiting awaiting uh, your next stop in the uh, penal uh, fucking uh, journey there. All right. Sorry and to keep so, interrupting you, but I feel like I should be asking questions. Oh, no, man, that's cool. That's what this is all about. You know, it's, it's fun to kind of have these conversations and everything and learn a little bit about people, see what's going on, right? And so, um, you know, fucking on and on and on, I get transferred over to the annex, which they call uh, the Castle Grayskull because it looks like fucking Castle Grayskull from He-Man. And so over there, it's it's a much more chill environment. The annex is like a dormitory style, almost like bunks and shit, like back in the military, right? And so it's over there that I start like hanging out with people, Amo, Jamo, Uncle Ernie. Uncle Ernie was on fucking federal federal gun running charges, awaiting transfer to the feds. Uh, Tweety, Tweety shot a bunch of people on North Avenue, but it was a much more chill vibe over there. <laughs> Everybody's just kind of hanging out, waiting for their next step in the journey, right? And so, um, you know, shit goes on and on. I spent four months in there, and then. Um, Next, my, my lawyer, he got another opportunity to go in front of bail, bail review. And so eventually they lowered my bail to 150000 and allowed me to post bond. And so by doing that, then, you know, you just put up 15, you know, 10%, $15,000 and you get out. And so they, you put me on um, the ankle monitor and everything and, and let me out until I waited my trial. And so then shit goes on you know the fucking lawyer he was telling me he's like hey man he's, he was a pretty cool dude i owe him a lot and you know how i turned my life around depended highly on his um his backing and i'll, I'll get to that in a minute but um so you know basically we go in front of this judge and the fucking judge that my lawyer prepped me for we took the plea i just took the plea you know he's like we could fight this and take it to a jury and he's like there's a 50 50 chance man he's like 50 percent of the people in baltimore they don't fucking think what you did was even wrong. They think you go get steroids at fucking GNC. He's like the wild card. And he was real honest with me. He's like, the wild card is that you're white. <laughs> and so you're going in there and they might just be like, fuck this white motherfucker. And then, you know, the, the DA come at me. The prosecutor was like, if you fight this shit and lose, I'm going to come at you for each charge. It's a five-year charge. And I'm going to have them served one after the other, as opposed to having them all served uh, concurrently. And I was like, this motherfucker. I was like, this is why motherfuckers get out of jail and hunt people down and kill a motherfucker, right? And so, um, yeah, because once again, bar. it's steroids. It's not heroin. It's not cocaine. Right. It's not crystal meth. You know, right. it's, let me it's tell you this. Check this out. So my bail, really, at least. No, absolutely. Uh, so, like I said, look, I, what I did was wrong. I deserved, uh, you know, the punishment and everything, but. The eyes, the scales of justice are not only blind, they're fucking mildly retarded. And um, you, you know, when I, when I think about this, when I was locked up, I, I met this Mexican dude. I was like, what you in here for, man? And he was like, oh, man, I held a family at knife point. <laughs> so he, he held a family at knife point. His bail was $10,000. He got out fucking way before I did. And I was like, what kind of shit is this? But anyway, that's neither here nor there at this point. Um so, yeah, we, we go in front of the, the court and um, the, the fucking judge. He, he confronts me and he's like, you know, the, my lawyer prepped me for this. He's like, be respectful, be kind. You know, this judge can do what he wants. He could throw the plea out and give you whatever he wants ultimately. And I was like, motherfucker. And so I stood up and this fucking guy decides to like address me. And he's like, I just want to let you know that your crime was one of intelligence and guile. And I plan to set, uh, you know, an example with you. And I was like, 
I was like, if this old white motherfucker gives me jail time, I was like, I'm gonna, they're going to have to fucking shoot me dead because I'm going to choke him to death before they get me out of here. And he said, um, he's like, <laughs> he gave me a 10 years suspended sentence. I was like, motherfucker, my stomach dropped. I had uh, 18 months house arrest and three years of probation. And you know so that guy did that on purpose, away. right? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, he, he set he you up and knocked you over. He got me. And so I, I left out of there happy. You know, I had to go wear an ankle monitor. I was on house arrest and everything. I found Jesus while I was in there. I didn't actually find Jesus, but they let me out to go to church. So I took advantage of that. I, I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but that's just the kind of person I am, right? I could go to work. I could go to church. So uh, <laughs> I took full advantage of every opportunity to get out of the goddamn house. But, um, you know, I did that and uh, I went back to school. Uh, I got a job. I did some uh, you know, contractor work, you know, leverage, you know, listening to me talk. I talk this way because, you know, I feel kind of comfortable with you guys. But when I shine up real well, let's just say I hold a pretty good you know, position in life at this point. And I don't talk like this in my daily life. Right. But. Um, oh, God. You know, Can you imagine if we turn- act like in real life like we do on the OG? Right. Right. You know, it's funny, too. So, like, um, I, I talk to people back home in Baltimore every once in a while. And when I hear another one, my wife, she's from she's from Michigan. And she says, I'm not even sure that shit that you're saying is English anymore, you know? So, it's, it's funny when you uh, you hear that, uh, like, that patois from somewhere else, right? And it kind of clicks something in your head. So, talking to you assholes is like, you know, I feel like I know you all. I've been fucking on that underground since, like, 2007, right? <laughs> Right, right. That's that's so, what's uh, going to be the fun part of the show is it's going to be a whole bunch of people that we kind of know already, but we're going to get to know them. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I changed everything around. I fucking got back into the workforce, did some work, got some degrees, went back, got a master's degree from Johns Hopkins. And, you know, I try to lay out the blueprint. I've got this, um, this site I have on Reddit where I'm trying to help uh, felons, people that, you know, they made a mistake, but they paid their debt. So after they paid their debt, you know, how do you get back into the world? And sometimes you need a blueprint. And I'm, I'm here to like help people out. So if you're somebody that, that committed a crime, you know, paid your dues, you're trying to get back into society, by all means, man, reach out to me. This is something I do. I mentor people and help them get back on the straight and narrow and, and, and get back into, into society, basically. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of good breaks. Not everybody gets the same breaks as I do. But you know, you kind of make your own luck too. So you can sit there and fucking moan and groan about it, or you can do something to improve your situation. And so that's the, that's the key. Ultimately get after it. Um, try to make each day better than the last one. And if you're looking for a job, I always tell people, I was like, look, we've got two strikes against us being felons and everything, you know, and, um, you got to be able to either a do something no one else wants to do or B do something no one else can do. Uh, take advantage of that. If you're smart, leverage it. If you got a strong back, dig a ditch. Whatever you got to, you got to be able to do it. But you got to do it until you can better yourself, right? And so uh, this, this is a lot of the the stuff that I'm helping people with now. And so if you check me out on Reddit, I got the I run the Clean Slate room there. So the, the Clean Slate. And uh, if you need help, by all means, reach out to me on the Underground too. I'm there for help. So. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. Crazy ass story, man. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Oh. It's good to know that we have uh, people on the OG that are doing this to help people out as well. No, absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, we're going to move on to our next caller. I'm sure we can find somebody. Uh, feel free to call at any time, sir. I, I really appreciate you being our first caller. It's great. Date. 
It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right. Later, boss. All righty. Who we got next? That was great. That was great, man. Uh, He, you know, he had a great story to tell. No, that was awesome. Especially coming up in Baltimore, kind of gives you another side of like all of us that have just watched The Wire. There should have been, you know, a six-two, you know, ripped white dude selling roids on the corner next to Omar. That'd have been great. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I've never seen that show, but I heard it's pretty good. You haven't seen The Wire, really? No, I have not. I don't. There's lots of shows I haven't seen. I'm not much of a TV person. So what do you do with like your four months or whatever off of the year? Like I would have figured you would have been like caught up on Netflix. Oh, mostly OG. I like, well, I, there is some TV shows I like, but it's not that type. Uh, like Forge and Fire is a TV show I like. Uh, I like uh, some reality shows, but I like the uh, uh, based on reality reality shows like Pawn Stars and, and shit like that. The Wire is probably closer to reality than Pawn Stars. Oh, Just probably. Yeah, <laughs> almost definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have any other people that want to give a call in? Uh, this is our first show, so I imagine it could take a little while to, for us to build up a, a listening audience. But if there's anybody else who wants to talk about something, uh, feel free to give a call. All right. Not everybody all at once. No. Well, it, like I said, it's going to take a little while. Yeah. You, you have to excuse me. My little dog ha- happened to uh, sneak into the background. So that whimpering you might happen to hear is not me. It's my dog trying to get my attention. I knew I should have closed that door. <laughs> no worries. I have two running around here at some point. So you'll probably hear some barking. Right, right, right. Exactly. We're not exactly professional yet. Uh, if we're going to do this on a regular basis, I'm probably going to set it up a little bit better. Uh, can you give me just one second? I'm going to pause my uh, mute my thing. Absolutely. So the truth is he's not taking care of the dog. He's actually eating that bat uh, per the earlier request. So we'll see how he comes out the other side. I don't know if this is correct. looks like we have, what, 17 people in here right now? Somebody get a call in. Oh, Jesus. Did I not mute that uh, microphone? No, you did. You did. Okay, good. I was, <laughs> I was uh, trying to reason with my dog. It didn't work too well. Yeah, they don't tend to listen the best. No, not really. All right. Um, come on. We got like uh, 40,000 people listening. We got le- we, we to do at least one more caller for our uh, for a show. Absolutely. First run, one good story. Let's see if anybody can uh, bring a second to us. If not, oh. we're just going to chit chat here and it's going to end up being terrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, while we're waiting to see if we can get another caller, why don't we go ahead and do one of the things that we said we we're going to do. Let's look through the OG and see if there's any interesting things to talk about. Yeah, start uh, throwing topics. We'll, uh, we'll go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You guys, in addition to uh, calling in, I we are reading your guys's uh, comments. So if you have something what you guys want us to talk about, uh, feel free to drop it into the chat box, and we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I, well, here's something to talk about. I just noticed that uh, Icy Mike uh, said he closed his uh, fitness studio. I assume for the coronavirus shit. And yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Yep, and yeah, that's exactly what it is. Man, that's got to suck. Uh, I'm currently not working because of that uh, shit myself, but you know, uh, it's a different thing as an employee b- uh, being sent home because the business closes uh, instead of being the owner closing the business. You know, it's a lot more serious for him than it is for me kind of thing. Well, absolutely, and if you think about it, I mean, a lot of these folks really don't have a choice. Um, I mean, luckily enough, I'm 
a person that can work from home kind of whenever I want anyway, being with a, a much larger company. But when the states are coming out and telling gyms and all God, whether they call it non-essential, um, you know, industries to completely shut, you don't have much of a choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I suppose it's a good thing. Uh, I've been told that I'm immune compromised because of my uh, past health issues. I, my wife's diabetic with other health issues. So supposedly we're both at least at some risk. So I, I suppose it's a good thing that we're uh, not uh, working for the next couple of weeks. But man, it's, uh, it's not what I was expecting to do this time of year. Yeah, I think we're all there. So you're uh, you're up in Michigan, right? Uh, yes, sir. I'm uh, up nor- a little north of Detroit, the suburbs. So how far have they taken it up there? Is it pretty much a ghost town up there besides like, uh, you know, restaurants and supermarkets, that sort of thing? It's hard for me to tell. I'm naturally an introvert. So <laughs> to me, this is kind of like normal life. Uh, but uh, th- so I, I, I have barely left the house in the last two weeks. Uh, but the couple times I have, it's been pretty dead. And they're starting to get actual cases d- in my area. There's like a death one. I think a death like somewhere in a nursing home within a couple miles of me. And they found out another case, you know, not too far from me. And my county is apparently now the epicenter for Michigan because they found like 100 cases so far, which to be in put in perspective is all 100 cases. You know, that's not tremendous amount of people but everyone's freaking out now yeah as long as you can keep it there right like as long as folks are doing the right thing staying in where they can that hundred hopefully caps out at you know a few hundred then starts to go down i think really what people are kind of afraid of is the whole italy situation or kind of what's going down in in new york at this point where people have already kind of living on top of each other right for most of us where we're out either you know in the suburbs or folks that are like in certain places in the Midwest, outside of like the big cities, I think, I think it's more of a non-event to most of the country. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but once again, I can understand, especially I can understand why my work closed being a country club, uh, this time of year, there's a portion of our members that aren't even back in town yet. So it's one of our slower times. And even though the club has been trending younger the last couple of years, uh, it, you know, there's still a lot of old people there, uh, which are obviously at higher risk. And between, all that they just figured they didn't want to take any chances yeah it makes sense golf right it's not exactly the young and in shape person's game right right well you know uh our members are in better shape than you would expect but that's just because when you have tons of money and nor a lot of free time you know most people logically speaking try to take care of themselves i mentioned on the uh other ground that uh they're speaking about um uh, attractive women over 50 and how there's not a lot of them. I said, that is incorrect. There's a whole bunch of attractive women over 50. Most of them are rich. <laughs> um, that's at least that's my, my experience. I know a lot of very attractive women over 50 and almost all of them are rich because, you know, they have the money to and time to take care of themselves and being married to rich men, they have the incentive as well. Well, yeah, half of them you're, you don't know are over 50. That's why you don't see anyone and think, Hey, they look great for 50. You just don't know. Exactly. I I know a lady that's 76 that you would think is 36 from 20 or 30 feet away. And 10 yeah, years um, and 10 years ago when she was like 66, you would think she was 30 30 uh year 36 from 10 feet away. <laughs> She's a very impressive. <laughs> I I'm out on that one. That's it's a few too many decades. Oh no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you know I'm looking to take her to bed, although I think I would just for the experience. Um I'm just saying she looks amazing for her age. And I see people women thirty years younger than her that don't look as good as she does. 
And it's all because she spent her entire life married to a rich person. So she spent her entire life taking care of herself with excellent health insurance and incentive to keep herself in shape the entire time. As long as long as they don't get too crazy with the plastic surgery, you know, that's a good, that's a good recipe for a good long life of looking good. Well, it's stress that gets you right. I mean, if you're, you're hooked up with somebody older that's paying for everything, not a lot of stress there, except for, you know, dealing with some old balls every once in a while. Right. And really, you know, who hasn't dealt with some old balls at least once in their life? Again, I'm going to say no on that one. <laughs> you're, you're on the OG. I don't know who you think you're fooling. I, I, I will only touch the Botox balls. I want them nice and nice and smooth. <laughs> all righty. Well, all right. Well, we've already done about a half hour. That's a good start. Uh, you got some other stuff you want to talk about. We can wrap it up. Uh, you guys got some topics that, you know, the only problem I have with taking topics from the audience is I don't like talking about stuff. I don't, know about and which means there's lots of topics that i'm not don't want to talk about uh i'm i don't mind talking politics but i don't want to interject my politics into it uh so if you guys have stuff you want to talk about politically speaking i'd much rather set you guys a couple people up to talk to each other about it rather than in doing it myself uh, i want to be more of a host rather than you know interjecting my own views for the most part hey i have no problem going back and forth with somebody on politics so if we have someone that wants to you know step in i'll I'll be more than happy to be the uh, the debate guy. I happen there to know you. a little about a lot. There you go. Uh, yeah, I will, of course, inter interject uh, opinions about specific topics, but in general, I don't want to do the politics thing, so that is definitely your department. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, let's look at go back to the OG and see if there's anything else that we can cover right off the bat. If not, we can wrap it up and... Uh, uh, I plan at the moment to probably do one of these a day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think for the foreseeable future, we can do these. Um, we can kind of, at least if nothing else too, is just kind of grab some topics throughout the days that, you know, folks want to listen to and kind of right. go from there. Um, but as far as what's up there right now, just kind of glancing through, through the OG, it's the same thing as usual. Coronavirus, coronavirus, Trump, coronavirus, the Republican senators that did a bunch of stock trades, yeah yeah it's all corona stuff yeah and it is nice to see some of the things that people are doing uh for this whole coronavirus thing like you see different companies uh, i saw a company today uh donated 500 meals for uh, anyone who's out of work because of the uh, restaurant closing thing uh to be you know 500 meals to be picked up between two or four o'clock at this other restaurant which is cool i mean a lot of that's kind of just you know like a publicity stunt because while 500 meals is a lot of meals in the grand scheme of things it's not really changing anything <laughs> but it's still right. a nice thought yeah it, it, it depends on how everybody buys in it's kind of the same thing that we had you know almost 20 years ago now thinking about like 9 11 right like after that everyone kind of came together they weren't so much of an asshole and we kind of rode that for a while. I think this is kind of the same thing. Like, stop thinking about yourself. Think about everybody else. Take a deep breath. We'll get through this. And then we'll be fine again. Yeah. And, you know, I'm assuming that's going to be like that. Um, I've had people say, oh, yeah, you should have six months worth of food stocked. And honestly speaking, I mean, that's not a horrible idea. But if it comes right down to it, if there's no food supplies for six months, we're all fucked. <laughs> Yeah, um, my six months of food won't do me any good when the mobs of ravenous people are going door to door and and murdering people for their food. Neither will my shotgun or pretty much anything else. 
Right. And we're not going to get to that point. I mean, with the way that things are going, we know that pretty much the only people that are going to die on this are of an older age. The reason that we're doing what we are now is just to make sure that we don't end up with overrun hospitals. So, hey, everyone just do the right thing for a few weeks and then get back to normal. Yep. All right. I noticed we've had a couple more people add on to the stream. Uh, as always, we are taking callers. Uh, if you have anything you want to talk about, you know, if you want to tell me what a horrible person I am, I'm sure there's a couple people on the OG that would like to tell me that. Um, so or basically anything that you guys want to talk about. Uh, our phone number is hit the fucking button on the app, apparently. And apparently it works super simple. Yeah. When I came in, you just click the button, you're in, you go. Yep. Yep. And I, I, it does bother me a little bit that you can't start the show with me, but since I have you preset as a, as a, a co-host invited in, you is, I, I didn't have to hit any buttons or to give you permission to start or anything. As soon as you logged in, you're in. Perfect. Yeah. I was just kind of wondering, that's why I was so silent to begin with is I was looking for like a host button, a co-host button, something it's not there. Right. Right. Yeah. And I saw you're offline at first and I saw you enter the lobby and then eventually it said that you were online and you started talking a little bit after that. So it, it, I, like I said, I prefer if you were on as soon as you on connected with me before I hit the on air button, but it is what it is. It seems like a pretty good system so far. Yeah, it seems to work. So I, I think this one was a good call. Uh, seems that the folks that were able to get in, uh, been at least relatively chatty down in the chat section, obviously yep. tab was able to come in and, uh, contribute to some uh, interesting stories. So if nothing else, uh, hey, hopefully tomorrow goes even better. Yep. Uh, all you people in the chat boxes, uh, is uh, everything good as far as quality goes? Was it easy for you guys to find and, and enter the uh, uh, the stream, all the good stuff? And I, yes, I will be eating the bad at some point. Yeah, well, it helps that both uh, Ryan and I have decent mics. Um, I did notice a little echo problems while we were talking with tab whenever I spoke. Uh, but I, I think that's just part of the nature of him listening to, uh, uh, the podcast on his phone while he's talking to us. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what it was, but yeah, I haven't had any issues. Uh, it seems like kind of the auto audio from what I'm hearing. So, uh, I think we're probably good there. Oh, look at this. We've got a caller. Oh shit. All right. We're going to, let's bring in, uh, looks like grad one. Welcome, Grad One. He might not have this stuff figured out yet, but he's part of our show now. He yeah, Grad, this is where you talk or you unmute or just don't give up. The microphone does not go in your anus. That's doing it wrong. Well, we'll just keep on talking. Eventually, maybe he'll join us. Yeah, I'm assuming this is a graduate one. I think he was in kind of the thread putting this entire thing. Actually, he's the one that called to put this thing together. Yeah, right? yeah. This whole thing was his idea. I, you know, uh, he set it up. You know, he directed me to the thread, asked me if I'd be interested in trying it out. Um, oh, and he's gone again. <laughs> well, thank you, graduate one. That was an excellent interview. <laughs> but we do have to thank him. This is a great idea. It's not something I would have done myself. Um, oh, he's going to try again. He's back. He's back. All right, let's connect him again. Hey guys, can you guys hear there me? He there is. we go. Hey gentlemen. Welcome. Hey, just want, just want to say you guys are doing an excellent job and uh, hopefully this uh, gets a little bit bigger uh, as time goes by, but yeah, excellent job so far guys. And Tab did a great job uh, as a first guest. So 
Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I do want to thank you for thinking of the idea. It's not something I would have did in my own. I'm um, more of a follower than a do. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I'm again, just I just, yeah, well, again, yeah, I just want to let you guys know you guys are doing a really good job. And yeah, we'll see how this goes, I guess, right? So. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you calling, sir. Uh, if you ever have anything that you want to talk about our stories or anything like that, uh, feel free to call back. Um, I definitely you, will. You are a friend of the show. All right, guys. Again, excellent job and look forward to the next one. All right. Excellent. Talk, talk to you later, boss. All right. Ciao. All righty. We are two for two. Neato. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about this uh, system. I mean, I've been doing podcasting for years since 2007, and it was not this easy. It wasn't even this easy just to have a regular podcast between two people. Uh, being able to have people call in and stuff just didn't work at all. It wasn't even an option. Uh, and and for the most part, this podcast stuff is free. Uh, I decided to go for like the, the $10 a month unlimited thing just to uh, get all the options for it. Uh, but $10 a month for this kind of software, that is like unheard of when I started this. Yeah, this hasn't been bad at all. I haven't done much podcasting in the last couple of years. I think the last one I did is uh, we had done an Ink Master podcast for the season that I was on. Um but past that, I haven't done a whole lot, but that was still back in the days that we were still running everything through Skype and having to edit it afterwards and right, right. all and the pain in the ass things that we're not dealing with. So I'm Right, right. Exactly. And, I, and I, I have the option to download this instead of publishing it, like if you want to edit it or add things or stuff like that. But I'm just going to hit the publish button and when we're done with this thing and go with it. I mean, you know, this is pretty simple. Yeah, if we're going to do this daily, at least for the foreseeable future, yeah, like I don't see the need to to over-engineer the damn thing. Right, exactly. You know, once we're all rich and famous, then we'll make it all fancy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can do we can do call-ins for prizes and stuff. For a roll of toilet paper. Fifth caller now. Well, and I see we, we had Altofsky join. Maybe we can get, uh, get him to, to give a knife to someone. Oh no, I wouldn't have something like that from him. Maybe, maybe in a couple of years when like we can actually, you know, if, if now this is all just pipe dream stuff, but if this podcast did well, did well enough to uh, actually be monetized and we could make some money off of it, we could do stuff like buy his knives and then do like, you know, prizes for it and stuff. But that's pretty far into the future, obviously. Oh no, he, he's secretly a socialist. He will totally just give us knives. That's the thing. <laughs> he did give a knife uh, for the uh, raffle uh, when I was sick. Uh, that was really cool of him, and uh, then make it even better. The person who won won it uh, turned on and told him to send it to me instead. So I actually have a one of his knives uh, because of that. Yeah, I have nothing wrong to say about about good old Otoski. There seems like mm -hmm. a good guy. Don't always agree with him, but uh, hey, well, that's done a, me wrong. Right, that's the joy of the OG. You know, you're, there's plenty of people you're not going to agree with. That doesn't make them bad people. Except for the ones that are terrible people. Well, yeah, I'm but sure out of the uh, out of the forty thousand that are listening, there's at least ten of you that that I can't stand. Right. Well, you know, you know, different strokes for different folks. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that don't like me as well. But so, which is fine. Not everyone's going to like each other. As long as you, you know, be polite to each other. That's all I ask out of life. 
Jay, we just don't like you during the winter when you don't when you don't shovel. That's it. I know. Well, you know, I I have problems. <laughs> All righty. Well, anyways, if we don't have another uh, caller, um, we will go ahead and wrap this up today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at right around the same same time, six p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, feel free to call in then. Uh, we will also be on the OG, so you're more than welcome to post and tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, how the show can be improved, or tell us to shut the fuck up and go away. Sounds good to me. And I think before we go, uh, F the OG. That's right. F the OG. All right. You guys have a great night. And Ryan, thanks for doing the show. Absolutely. Have a good one. Uh, see you tomorrow, boss. Bye-bye.